Welcome in to week two of Tampa 2. Casey Phillips here, staff writer Bree Dix. And again, this is our new show we are doing every week. We shoot these on Friday morning to talk about everything that has happened in the past week, everything you need to know leading up into the next game, which now this one, a much anticipated one, the division rivalry. Ooh, yes. We have a lot to talk about with that. Before we get to the Saints game, let's take a look back at the Cowboys win and some of the big takeaways that you had after watching that game, the things that stood out to you of why the Bucks were able to come away with a win and maybe what it says about this team moving forward. Yeah, well, offensively, I think the Bucks started out a little bit slow, but then they were able to take advantage of Cowboys coverage, you know, attack the perimeter with receivers on screens, the out routes, and then they were able to run the ball effectively. They were able to create that balanced attack. And even when the Cowboys started to have effectiveness up front with pressure with Micah Parsons getting those sacks, then they added extra bodies. You know, they were able to use wide receivers on stock blocks. They used tight ends on chips. They pulled offensive linemen, which Bree is a sucker for the pin and pull, so <laughs> was very excited to see that. And, of course, Leonard Fournette just was able to take advantage of the creases, hit the holes, hit top speed instantaneously. And then defensively, I think it was encouraging to see so many players have a big day. It wasn't just Devin White. Yes, he loved the team in tackles. He got two sacks. Absolutely was a menace in the interior. But you had Anthony Nelson getting a sack. You had Vita Vea getting a sack. Antoine Winfield Jr. in his first game kind of exclusively playing that nickel position, he got an interception. So I think we were able to see kind of that rotation that we saw in – training camp and kind of keeping legs fresh throughout the game. And I think that's going to help the Bucks throughout the duration of the season. Yeah, I agree. It's a win is always a win in terms of what it counts as in the record. The way you yes. win, I think, really can make a difference in what you think about yourself, the confidence moving forward, what you can tell about a team, and the fact yeah. that it was – I mean, here's the Cowboys who were the top scoring team in the league last year. You hold them to three points. You yes. hold Dak to under 50% completion rate for just the fourth time in his yeah. career. And you're forcing sacks and turnovers and so few yards. I mean, it's just that's got to be such a confidence booster. And then to, on the other side, be running the ball so effectively. Yes. I mean, that's every team's dream, dream. is yeah. to run the ball well and play defense really well and then when you can have so both long of those bombs together, as yeah. well as the icing on the cake I mean that's the most complete way you always want the game plan to go and I'm sure it's going to end up being exactly what we want the game plan to be this next week against the Saints so speaking of that what would you say now are the keys to the Saints game to get a victory how much does it need to mirror that Cowboys game how are these teams similar, different, the ways that it's going to say, yeah, we need it to be a similar game plan or not? I think it's going to come down to discipline and winning the battle in the trenches because, you know, the it's no secret that the Saints have had the Bucks number in recent years, but I think the things that have plagued and caused the issues for the Bucks, as Tom Brady alluded to yesterday in his media availability, is the penalties, the turnovers, and those are things that they – they have to clean up. They have to be able to win on third down. They can't turn the ball over, and you've got to win the battle up front, and that's going to be what the offense is based off of, going to be able to get the run game going like they did against the Cowboys, and that's something that they're going to need to do against the Saints team because the Saints are a lot like the Bucks and the way they're designed to force teams to be one-dimensional. You know, they've had one of the best run defenses in recent years. Granted, the Falcons – gashed them on Sunday. Cordero Patterson had like over 200 yards, um, was able to get north and south. So I think being able to get all of those things together and be able to have both a run and pass against the Saints is going to be 
is going to be a key. Yeah, I think uh, it, it's interesting how it feels a little bit like the things that will need to happen are a little more precarious this week as compared to last where uh, you know you need to get that run game going. So you look at the Cowboys and you feel great about that, except now Leonard Fournette's on the injury report. Yeah. And what's that going to look like? You have almost your entire receiving core on the injury report. I think yeah. you and I might have to suit up. You never know. There's yeah. a chance. <laughs> So I think, you know, looking at how the, the wide receivers are banged up, and then, of course, now Donovan Smith, we don't know yep. his situation as well. And so when you're right, I think also for me, one of the biggest keys is going to be just keeping Brady upright, that he yes. has been sacked too many times in these other matchups against the Saints. And then, therefore, also I think that can lead to some of those turnovers, that if he's rushed, if he's feeling that pressure, and some of those fumbles, things like that. So the turnovers, to me, are going to be pretty linked in some ways to can you keep him upright, give him time? Yes. And now is that going to be Josh Wells having to take that on? And if you're going to make him go one-on-one -on -one against a lot of these guys, I think that's going to be rough. Mm -hmm. So I actually think that instead of it even just saying it's up to the offensive line, I really am going to be watching guys like, you know, your running backs, are they going to be able to help out on some yep. of those things? Yep. Even a guy like Coquifed, who apparently now is also a little bit oh, of our fullback, yes. <laughs> which I enjoy. Yes. You know, Mike Allstott's somewhere going, wait a minute, wait a minute, we got yeah. a fullback sort of out there. Um, so I think that watching some of those other guys have to step up to add some help, the other tight ends, um, right. that it's going to be don't leave – them out on an island yes and you're going into new orleans which is notoriously loud, loud. hard to play a with dome is you insane. still have a newer offensive line together that that whole interior is still getting the hang of this that in terms of their communication and i know that coaches and players alike said that it went really well last week but we have seen that new orleans is so good at creating those pre-snap penalties just because of the noise yes and so when you need to keep brady upright the communication to me is just going to be so important mm -hmm. among that offensive line and getting guys like the running backs and the tight ends in helping set them yes. up for that yeah um so what do you think in terms of all those guys on the injury report i mean that's going to be that's the story of the week right especially since it was almost exclusively offensive guys what do you think are the most concerning ones on there and who are the different people that might have to step up depending on who is and isn't going to be able to go? I think for, for me, it's the receiving core. I mean, you had obviously Chris Godwin's dealing with the hamstring injury, hasn't practiced, but you also have Mike Evans who downgraded, didn't participate in yeah, practice you never yesterday. That you had Julio Jones who didn't participate yesterday. So I think this could be, depending on what their situations end up being, a big game for a guy like Cam Braid, a big game for potentially Rashad White, getting him more involved in, in the passing game, whether it's a jet sweep, a screen, get, getting some of that continuity going. Because one of the things that happened against the Cowboys was when their run game was successful, well, then Mike Evans was able to take advantage of those one-on-one -on -one matchups on the outside, which led to the incredible catch yes. hanging up in the Louvre. Already. Yep. Yes. Already hanging so up I in the building, So I think that's going to be one of the major things that I'm looking at it in this game is, okay, how can the Bucks offset if those guys aren't able to go? What does this team look like and how are guys able to step up and rally around the guys that, that aren't there? Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. Rashad White, uh, I'm actually a shameless plug going to have him on my radio show on Monday because I felt like – this was a game that it was going to be important. That It's not that I don't think Lenny will go. I mean, at the time we're recording this, you know, we don't know. We, we, there's still a Friday injury report right. to come out. Um, so we still have one more day to find out on that injury report what that'll look like. But it's not that I think Lenny won't go. It's that I think maybe you don't feel like you can run him 
as many times and have the same bulk of carries and that, that maybe you want is. his time to be out there really running and not blocking as much even though we saw shout out to him on Micah Parsons heck of a heck of a block <laughs> there pancake block pancake, block. pancake Lenny <laughs> pancake Lenny um yes so I think that you will need to see and that's always the biggest challenge for rookie running backs is yes are they ready to to pass block are they yes. ready to pass protect and so I think that this will be an important game to see not only what Rashad White can do, maybe get him a little more involved in the running game. Is he ready to help protect as well? Um, and the, the wide receiver part is going to be interesting because, of course, Chris Godwin, you you like having in there. He, I mean, of course, we, he can play anywhere, but some of that slot contribution. And if this is a game where you want to get it out of Brady's hands quickly, if maybe the offensive line or, you know, we know that they've been able to get to him in the past, so you're trying to get out of his hands quickly. Yeah, so who's going to be the intermediate target? Is it Russell target? Gage being thrown in there? And then he's been on the injury, injury report, report this week. It's just like, oh, my goodness. So <laughs> are you are you having to put in, a, you know, a Scotty Miller? who didn't see action last week yes. or um, another guy, Brashad Perryman, who now also so is on, on the injury, injury report. report. <laughs> so um, I think that that's going to be really interesting to see how all those guys can try to help get it out of Brady's hands more quickly. Um, and I mean, I love, again, Julio Jones on the injury report. But last week, the fact that you are using him in jet sweeps and deeper balls, I think that's so cool to keep the defense honest as well of, you don't know. I mean, I don't know that any of us expected to see Julio looking quite as uh, I don't know, young and spry as he did that on some go of those. route. Wow. Yeah, to be able blazing to, down the, the field. Go route, yeah, his speed in training camp. I know they measure all that, which I also love. Guys will go ask during practice. Hey, what was my speed on that? Hey, what was my speed on that? Because they're tracking it at all times. That's one of my favorite things. Um, so we've talked a little bit about some of these matchups and what's going to be important for the Bucks. Individual biggest matchups yes. by players or position groups. What stands out to you? I think to start, one of my personal favorites is, of course, Tristan Wirfs versus Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan has established himself as one of the most dominant defensive ends in the league. Granted, last year he didn't quite have the reign of terror that he had towards that he usually has towards the beginning of the season, but he finished out the year with 8.5 sacks in four games. Was an absolute absolute menace, led that defense. So I think one of the biggest things he does is he baits he baits offensive tackles. You know, he'll he'll use power, he'll use one move, and then he'll transition to an arm over and he gains that leverage. So it's Tristan Wirfs, how is he able to to counter that? How is he able to stay dominant in and get his pad level right? And Tristan Wirfs in his own right is I mean, all pro last season, had a heck of a year, didn't allow a sack in week one. So is he able to continue to hold his own against against one of one of the best in the league? And then we still obviously don't know on Lenny's status for the game on the injury report. But if he does go, for me, one of the biggest things is Leonard Fournette in a one-on-one against Demario Davis in some of that pass protection because Demario Davis is on his inside blitzes. He is absolutely lethal. The A gap, and I think it's getting to the point in the NFL where running backs cannot even be in a one-on-one matchup with him because he is so dominant. You're having to almost consider him as a down lineman to where it's like, all right, offensive tackle, you got this. You know, putting putting an offensive lineman against him. Because he's just quickly able, I mean, he runs through people. And so, and that's one of the reasons why that sack, those sack numbers over the previous four years have been so high on Brady is because of 
Demario Davis. So, okay, who who is going to step up to be to be that chip? Who is going to be the guy that picks up those blitzes? Because you're not always going to be able to get an offensive lineman on him. Mm -hmm. So who is that going to be, and are they going to be able to handle that? Because he has the capability of absolutely wrecking a ball game. Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, it's hard for me to pick an individual player on this. I'm more thinking of just Bucks secondary at large, but maybe I'll go with a Carlton Davis because, I mean, man, it'll be interesting to see who all matches up against who in what ways in that secondary, especially now that we know that Antoine Winfield Jr. is looking more like a, a corner than a, than a safety at this yeah. point. And I, I just love how Bowles throws so many things out there and you never really know what's going to happen. I mean, there's all of a sudden a play where Mike Edwards is looking like he's lining up next to Levante as a linebacker and then they're dropping their outside guys. And you're just like, I can't imagine trying to <laughs> game plan for a Todd yeah. Bowles defense where you're like, literally they all play any position at any yep. point. Um, but when you look at Michael Thomas – Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, yes. and you know that you have Jameis Winston who can make a lot of plays, but he can make mistakes, and he has not been as mistake-prone since since joining Leaving there. Tampa, yeah. And are you able to force him into some of those throws? Mm-hmm. That that was what got Antoine Winfield that interception, that he, he, he waited for it, he baited it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Can you do that? with a Jameis Winston while also staying honest in your coverage on these guys that are, they they can slice and dice you a little bit. Um, So I think that a Carlton Davis for me is going to be a big one, but just the Bucks secondary overall, how they match up against these different weapons, how well can they maybe try to force Jameis into some things that he doesn't want to do. I think that's going to be a big one. And then I'm also just excited to, and maybe this is kind of going to our our other topic we were going to talk about, potential breakout star of the game. Yes, let's hear it, Casey. So this is my next one, and this is, I feel like this is going to be a, maybe like, not not so much a sleeper pick, and it's not even breakout because he's been in the league forever, but he picks. (laughs) I'm like just changing the whole dynamic of the question, but... I am just really excited to see what Akeem Hicks does in this game. Yes. He was drafted by the Saints. His time there I don't think ended how he would have really loved. And I know that players will always say things like, oh, it's just another game, game. blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. I never buy Is it. it though? I never buy it. <laughs> Every time a guy says that, I'm like, yep. liars, all of you. <laughs> um, I feel you cannot turn off your emotions completely. Yeah. And I have to imagine that, first of all, the whole team, I think, is going to have, if you've been a with the Bucks anytime at all, some extra emotion when you play the Saints of like, I am tired of this storyline that the Bucks cannot beat the Saints in the regular season. They are all tired of it. You heard it over and over this week that they even are saying, yeah, it's not even a rivalry because we haven't won enough to make it a rivalry. A rivalry. That mm-hmm. they are so tired of hearing about this. So everyone I think is going to have a little extra emotion going into the game. And then Akeem Hicks, an old team, I feel like I really want to see him get in there, blow up that pocket some you know, and we you know we we haven't even mentioned Alvin Kamara because we don't even know for sure what his status is. So that was nice of him to try to even out the injury report situation yeah, a little yeah. bit for us. Um, he's we been dealing that. with a rib thing, but <laughs> if he's in there, I mean, man, he's been a Bucks killer as well. Yes. So I want to see Akeem Hicks get in there, blow up some run lanes if Alvin Kamara's the guy in there. Maybe especially you know get that pressure right in Jameis's face mm-hmm. to try to make some of those extra plays. I think Akeem Hicks could be one of those guys that is a big difference maker this week mm-hmm. what do you think this is absolutely hilarious because Sad. I was on the exact same wavelength as you Amazing. so I didn't go with Akeem I'm gonna go with Vita Vea love it 
And oh, the two guys in the middle. But, I mean, you look at what the Falcons were able to do against the Saints last week. They had four sacks, and one and a half of those came from Grady Jarrett through the interior. So whether or not it's their defensive line has improved that much or there's a weakness for the Saints – but either way, I think Vita is a guy that is going to exploit whatever weakness is there. I mean, he's a guy that can push the pocket on those bull rushes. And, I mean, the coaches even said during the offseason that this is, this is a guy that is on the field for three downs. This is rare for a nose tackle, a man of his size, but he is out there on those clear passing downs, and it's because of his pass rush ability. And so they said we want to be able to see those sacks and, hey – He's on the right track, got one last week. So I think this could be a big a big game for him. Yep. All right. I think this is going to be a fun one. We know the Bucks are very ready for it, very excited about it, and ready to put these storylines to bed yes. about these regular season matchups against the Saints. Well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Tampa 2. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and we will be back here next week.